1: Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast.
0: Well, hello, and welcome to The Tennis Podcast. This is not your average tennis podcast. This is an emergency tennis podcast just three days in to the Australian Open. Why? Well, because I think it's about time I answered a few of the the criticisms that I'm getting on Twitter, uh, understandable criticisms, criticisms born out of the fact that I made some outrageously uh, optimistic predictions, and none of them seem to be coming true, Catherine Whitaker, uh, Most specifically, Petra Kvitova, who I said would reach the semifinals, is out in the first round.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. I'm torn here because the, the the mischievous side of me wants to gloat in a very undignified way and the more sensible side of me remembers how badly burned I've been in the past by um, being bold with my predictions um, and how what? chastened I have so recently felt in that situation. Oh, but- so maybe I'll just leave it to... Uh, to the listeners to draw their own conclusions, Read, yeah. you're, uh, you're slightly out there. I mean, to be fair, while Martin Del Pocho is still in the tournament, I'll um, tell you what, he when, when, when ins- he went to sit down. He hasn't inspired confidence in us all, certainly not in
0: When he went to sit down yesterday, Catherine, I genuinely just thought about throwing my computer and iPad in the bin and not doing any more podcasts anymore.
1: He he wasn't fulfilling his side of the deal, was he? When he when he came up to you last week and said, "David, I'm going to win this thing for you," he didn't mention yeah, he didn't. G- yeah going a set down in the first round, did he? No, he didn't quite
0: say it like that. But you know, I could I could just tell by his body language that that's what he what he intended to do. His whole goal of the tournament was to win win to prove me right. Well, he's still in, and uh, the draw, the way it shapes up now, who's who's he got next? Right, let's see. At the top of the draw there, we've got Rafael Nadal against this um, young Australian... Tanasi Kokonakis, who mm. uh, we were told by Mark Woodford yesterday, he's from Adelaide. Is Kakanakis, and uh, and he said, watch out for this guy. Six feet five inches tall, massive serve, big forehand. He said he doesn't think he can beat him, but you know he might give him a bit of a run for his money.
1: Yeah, the Australians are, are sitting a little bit prettier than they have been in previous years, with Kokonakis and Nick Kyrgios coming through, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. They're, su- a, they're he, suddenly they're suddenly making though. a bit of a breakthrough, which is. Well, desperately needed for them, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jack Sock is a a potential third-round opponent for uh, Nadal. He's up against Gael Monfils. Monfils will obviously be the favourite there, won't he? Um, Looking a little further down the draw, there's Del Potro. There he is. Go on, one, Martin. He's up against Roberto Bautista Agut. Oh, oh, that sounds
1: tough. That sounds like a banana skin, that does. Does it? No, no, it doesn't. But you know, oh, you good. never know with old Juan Martín. Now that you've predicted oh, him to on. win, everything's a banana skin.
0: Oh no, I've put the I've put the the crock on him, haven't I? <laughs> Benoit Paire against Nick Curios is the the man is the the match to to face Del Potro in the next round. So actually, it's not too bad a draw, is it? Um,
1: oh, but, you know. oh, two two up, up and comers. Benoit Paire is. Is further along his ascent than uh, Nick Kyrgios is, but that's not a fantastic draw, is it? I don't think. Well,
0: no, I think it's all right. Hey, the Roger Rashid impact has started. There's no question that Grigor Dimitrov would have lost from a set down yesterday in that heat if it wasn't for uh, Roger. I reckon. What do you think? Yeah,
1: agreed. It was a performance of of steel, wasn't it? Um, And sort of memories of I know he was in a far worse position at Wimbledon in that fifth set, but What he was lacking there is what he he showed uh, yesterday. Um, So absolutely, as you said, the Roger Rashid effect, and that's exactly what he's got him on board for.
0: I'm sitting here, I've got the fan on. It's the most futile attempt to try to cool the place down uh, that that one could possibly have. So basically I I opened the window to let some air in and it just made the room hotter. And then I turned the fan on and it blew the air around, so it kind of chased me around the room. So really, uh, the the temperatures here are just outrageous. I mean, it's 42 degrees yesterday. And, I mean, Andy Murray was pretty outspoken about it. He he said, you know, I just don't... uh, I think they've got to be very careful here because they don't want something bad to happen before they do something about it. Martina Navratilova said on Twitter she doesn't think they should be playing at the moment yesterday afternoon. and It's a tough one for the organisers, isn't it? Because they they've, they know they've got three more days of this. Um, and if they if they bring the players off too quickly, how are they going to get the tournament finished? <laughs>
1: It's certainly tough, um, and they've landed up with a, a little bit of controversy on their hands, which is, I mean, they'd, they'd be damned if they do and damned if they don't, I feel. Um, Frank Dancevic, I know, has been um, incredibly outspoken, um, saying that the, the treatment of the players is humane. I think he had he fainted in, in the first did, set yeah. of his match, Collapsed, which yeah. is is pretty startling to see, I have to say. I mean... Yes he's been he, he you know he's obviously <clears throat> possibly not in in the most balanced rational state of mind when he made those comments, but you can absolutely understand you don't you, you don't want to be seeing players collapsing um but they've got this system where they don't they they do have an extreme heat policy, but it's when it comes into force is entirely at the discretion of the referee and the system by which they they measure it uh, and and subsequently make a judgment call isn't doesn't just go on temperature. It's this sort of combined measurement policy, which, which takes into account humidity. Um, yeah. Well, I think humidity is is the main factor, um, which, you know, we all know that the humid heat is a lot more unbearable than um, than than dry heat but when it's 42 degrees it's 42 degrees you know it how much the humidity comes into it at that stage I don't know but I know to
0: to, to put it into perspective when when I was when you walk to the tennis um it is like a massive blow dryer is just blowing wind into your face hot air you know um I mean you you were here last year you know what it's like but I I don't I, I don't remember anything where we've had four consecutive days of it and then on saturday the temperatures are expected to drop in half so there is a a little bit of respite on the horizon um andy murray yesterday did what he needed to do got on and off the court in just over an hour and um I, i kind of think that this weather is focusing his mind and making him think look there's no no time to mess about here just got to get off the court as quickly as possible
1: yes it was a very clinical andy murray wasn't it um Perhaps slightly less so in the third set, but, but that's just how Andy Murray operates, isn't it? He, he, I think he was, you know, second match back from injury, he was playing around slightly more in, in the third set, taking his foot off the pedal, but he took the first two sets in 45 minutes, you know. He, maybe he was just sparing gosuida's blushes of it, I don't know. But I think he surprised himself with how well he performed and how dominant he was in that match.
0: Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, it, it, he was impressive. He looked back to me. Uh, he looked very panther-like in his movement, mm. and and he was he was just hitting the ball with great authority and 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 venom, and and it was it was good to see. I, I think he, I'd be very surprised. I mean, he's in a great section of the draw now because John Isner's pulled out uh, injured. Um, which is another player that I seem to remember mm-hmm. I bigged up. <laughs> I'm glad. You, I'm
1: glad you, he he uh, he he popped up in conversation. I was wondering oh, if I have to shoehorn a John Isner reference in to remind everyone of. Uh, no,
0: no, no. You can't have that as a as a, as a stick to beat me with. He, he got injured. He'd, he'd have won the tournament. If but he, he does get that.
1: injured. I mean, you know, getting injured is is a, 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 a injury proneness is a huge factor in the success of a tennis players. It's, it's one of the main contributing factors to Roger Federer's enormous success over the past decade he's he's the least injury prone player on the tour
0: okay you're not going to let me get away with this are Ab- you
1: absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> okay
0: well um some of my hopes are still alive and I still believe uh, in my predictions so we'll see how they unfold uh that were those were the first couple of days of the tournament day three will start fairly soon and this was an emergency tennis podcast on behalf of David Law who (laughs) holds his hand up and he got it wrong speak to you soon